Frontline Gaming presents 40K Stat Center with your hosts, Val Heffelfinger and the Falcon. The Heffelfinger flies solo in the intro today because the Falcon is being interviewed. That's right, we've got a chat center today and we've brought in Rob Symes and Peter the Falcon Calissimo and they're going to be talking about stats. Not talking about stats, but talking about stats. You know what I mean? Steve, tell them what show it is. This is 40K Stat Center. Ah, a rushed and rambly intro for you fine gents. Pete, how are you? Week two of the COVID era of Stat Center. Week two, feeling good, living a dream I never thought I'd get to live again. It's good. I'm glad it's still a dream to you. And uh, Robert Symes, the Warhammer Rob, <laughs> the Sheriff of Nottingham. How are you, man? Uh, bold, sleepy, <laughs> excited, imaginative. Those now, are some of my top line words. I just want everyone out there to realize that we have gone to the well here and cash, cashed a, a favor from Rob. It is 2 a.m. where he is. Um, this, is, this is like when you were working in the clubs, right? Because normally you'd be getting home now. You're used, to being in, the... you're, you're used to being in bed by now. Only none of the kebab shops are open anymore. So I don't know what to do <laughs> on my walk home. You're just so hungry. Just starving. <laughs> There's nothing like street meat. That's what I've always said. <laughs> That's correct. That is very correct. A staple here in Toronto. Now, one of the biggest disappointments I ever had going to New York City was that they boil their hot dogs. Which I find no. They're, they're steamed. They're steamed hot dogs. It was messed up, man. But this is not the uh, 40K Jason show. That that you can hear every uh, Tuesday at noon BST on the Honest Wargamer on Twitch and uh, anywhere else you can listen to the Honest Wargamer. Rob usually posts it pretty quickly after we record that. We had a great little chat this morning. And so we're going to follow through and uh, have a nice convo today for Stat Center because. Not really a lot of tournaments that we normally would cover uh, happening uh, last weekend, and we thought we would uh, take the time to sort of just have a nice little chat center session. Yeah, we didn't really have anything else to talk about. There were no official GTs, uh, a couple little RTTs that happened, but, um, you know, that's not our shtick. It's not what we do. Normally on the show, we would cover anything that is a GT or major uh, that occurs in the weekend because of the times we're in, we're going to add to uh, to that an additional condition, of course, as we mentioned last week, that, you know, the event is uh, properly socially distanced, makes use of masks inside, follows appropriate protocols for not creating a super spreading event. Unless you're in New Zealand, you guys do what you want. New Zealand, z- zero cases, you guys go to town, make out during the tournament. I don't care. <laughs> They're all about being at zero. Let's stop talking about that. Anything interesting <laughs> on the uh, FLGN this week? Well, um, this week on Chapter Tactics, they went over the latest FAQ, uh, all of them that came out. They talked a little bit about power levels, not too much on that. And then they just had kind of Sean and Skari and Brandon go over some of their um, initial ninth edition th- uh, thoughts now that they've all gotten an RTT or two in the bag or have just played, you know, X number of practice games, so they've got a better feel for it but, mm-hmm. uh, instead of that normal, like, knee-jerk, this is what I think. Yep. I mean, that's what we're all about um, <laughs> here, especially without any actual data to reinforce our opinions. 
Um, have we seen yet what's coming out for Art of War this week? I have. I can't remember what came out on the Patreon. Patreon. Patreon last week. Well, the Art of War recently had Eric Trock on, uh, going over some pretty cute uh, custodies lists oh. uh, on their webpage. Um, and that was nice to see. He's got a really awesome uh, 20 Alaris list that I love because it's something that I've been kind of pitching um, on different podcasts, et cetera, that I've been on. Uh, the concept of just putting down 20 Alaris Terminators, unleashing the lions on all of them. So you have 20 individual little custodies running around causing havoc. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, uh, as someone who actually plays this game does, is they took that um, and just made it good. Like an actual... <laughs> Uh, threatening list that you have to deal with. So that's always a good read if you're a fan of Custodes and are looking wanting to look at something that's a little unique compared to what you, we have been seeing. Um, I definitely would uh, take a look at what he has to say. And I'm pretty sure Art of War this week, um, it looks like I think they're probably on the uh, Astra Militarum episode? I don't know. Anyway, let's let's get off of that. Signals from the front line. Of course, they'll be talking some nonsense. Um, who knows? Probably just trying to explain why the FAQ is the way it is. A really good thing that I think you should listen to that uh, was recorded since our last recording um, was 40K Today did an episode completely devoted to mental health in the yeah. hobby with Adam Camilleri and, oh, what was the other fellow's name? I only remember Adam because he's, like, the best person in the world. Well, Steve, um, Steve Joel, the host, also shared one of his stories as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's a, just an excellent listen. As someone who has used this hobby to a- assist with depression, grief, etc., um, and I think most people um, at least should have at least one story, I would think, when it comes to that. Um, it's just it's such a powerful uh, little listen. Um, John Damaris has said that they're going to be following up with more, um, it's, it's, it's what we should be doing with, uh, with stuff like this from time to time. It gets a little heavy, but it's worth it. Heck yeah. Um, thanks for plugging that. That's a very good one. Um, also would have shown up on the Frontline Gaming Network, uh, as part of the, uh, the Saturday show that they release. And Rob, you have been on, uh, the air a consecutive 150 days. What are 46. we at? 146 days in a row. The stream tweak. Um, you got anything cool happening this week? Anything that uh, folks should be t- tuning into? Uh, yeah, um, I've got quite some exciting shows lined up. As Pete said the other day, we occasionally talk 40k, um, uh, but you know, still pumped out more shows than you have ever uh, mm-hmm. on the subject. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not as good, but still plenty. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I've got some good interviews with some players coming up. Uh, very much looking forward to that uh, around different factions. I really, really want to get Rickard again. Uh, to talk Admech, who we have oh, on Richard the show. Richard Nilsson? Yes, because uh, he has just been tearing it up. Um, like, not with necessarily events, because there aren't many, but he must have, I must have seen him, like, write out 20 to 30 battle reports online, um, you know, from his post results, and he's just been blowing my mind. And I'm really impressed with his work ethic. And, and I think in order to be good at a game, you always have to put the reps in. So it'd be fun to get him on the show again sometime soon. Well, I'm screwed. Um... Definitely not getting them reps in. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, that was a, a nice long-winded intro. Lots of great content you can hear elsewhere. But right now, we're going to hit a bump. And then we're going to get you some content that you can listen to on this very show. Let's ride. Crack open those spreadsheets, nerds. Because it's time to put the stats in Stats Center. <laughs> Courtesy of 40kstats.com. All 
I was a little early on the Waka Waka there, but nonetheless, that was our segue into our uh, segment about stats um, today because, well, we don't have a lot of stats to actually discuss directly, and I thought it would actually be good to just take a pause and, and talk about um, why we're even talking about this, what makes it important, and where we would like to, think, to see things go. Um, Pete, I would love to start with you, and we brought Rob in as well. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll show you why later. But Pete, I'd love to start with you just because I've seen this, this idea a few times now out there, which is that, you know, what, what value is there actually from the 40kstats.com, um, you know, data set? Like what, as a player, what are you actually getting a value from that? There's a lot you can get from stats, but it, it, just like anything else, it's what are you willing to put into it? Um, I initially created it uh, because I wanted to either back up or, um, or kind of whatever, however you want to put it, like defunct, uh, debunk, defunct, debunk, um, like very poor arguments uh, or anecdotal evidence that people were using online. Um, because you constantly would see this, you know, this army is good, this army is terrible, it needs to be fixed or it's broken. Um, and so initially it was more of a, let's actually see how the how the actual meta performs worldwide. Are these armies that, uh, do these armies actually need something done? Um, but for an individual player, outside of that kind of like whole uh, meta thing, um, you can use stats to research your particular faction to see like how they've been performing against other armies. Um, so if you know, hey, when I play Custodes, I'm going to have a hard time against Thousand Sons. Why is that? Maybe it's something that's very simple for you to figure out. Maybe you can then look into that data a little further and say, okay, well, I see that Custodes have won 20 of their 45 games against Thousand Sons. Who are those 20 people that won? What did they do? And you can kind of drill down. The other great thing about uh, statistics um, is you can use it to get an idea of like the worldwide meta if you're going into, say, a major or super major, um, to get an idea of what to expect to play against. So, um, you know, prior to the Marine meta coming out, it, it was very easy to, to go in and see, you know, tournament after tournament were 10 to 12 percent guard, 10 to 12 percent uh, knights or some mix thereof. Um, so, you know, about a quarter of the lists either had guard or knights. So those are things you're going to need to play into. Um, Gene Stiller cults were like less than 1%. So unless you were dealing with someone who you knew was like an excellent Gene Stiller cult player in your meta, you probably aren't going to have to play that. So you don't really need to worry as much about Gene Stiller cults. Then the Marine meta happens and you see that Marines are 30% of the meta, um, not counting the other power armor factions. So now you can say, okay, these are armies that I know that I'm going to have to build to deal with um, if I'm going to go to a larger event outside of my little like club uh, faction or club area. Mm -hmm. And I, I uh, guess depending too on the data sets uh, that, that you have and where you are, particularly active areas, I mean, 40kstats.com, you can actually pull up individual events and see how you're even, even some in some cases, your sort of local GT meta is, is shaping up. Exactly. So like the West Coast uh, USA, which often puts out tons of events, um, Middle America uh, gaming series would have several, um, the Flying Monkey Con, like that whole uh, that whole belt area. They all you can easily pull up and see, you know, who am I going to be playing against if I want to travel to that place or who I, or if I live there, um, how they've been performing against different factions. Um, you can go you can go like, hey, what's Australia like? Let me go over there and take a look. What's um, 
Sweden like because they put out uh, the Westeros events consistently, so you can see what their meta looks like, how it evolves, and it gives you that little that extra little bit of insight on top of the games that you should be playing to get better at at you know to get better overall. So so Rob on on his side of things is uh, uh you know is more I guess active and involved and passionate about the uh, Age of Sigmar. Not saying you don't love 40k, Rob, but Age of Sigmar is sort of your bread and butter right now. Uh, and you have sort of a and we're going to give you the Vanguard Tactics uh, and uh and 40k competitive uh podcast bump here by plugging the uh stat show that you run. Not Stat Center, the Stat Show, I believe, over on the Honest Wargamer. Uh, where you also work with a Canadian from Alberta to generate tournament statistics. Um, what what do you find has been the value to sort of the AOS tournament community in having access to that sort of quantifiable metadata? Well, I think uh, I think initially, uh, big shout out to Damien, by the way, that's LLV who does, who produces the stats. So he's like my Pete. Um, uh, and he... Um, and it, basically everything I mirror everything that Pete has said there like it gives information to players to better understand their local environment and what's going on it helps us understand global trends or when armies are riding too high but I think one of the key elements for players um, uh, is quite often to manage their expectations like I think uh, what Pete's done where you you can see your match up between uh, X army versus another army is fantastic and it really it really begins to uh, explain to you why you might not be doing well against a certain army like you know they might have uh, issues that your your army like just can't deal with uh, but I also think managing expectations has been one of those really key elements as well because when you're talking about like top tier competitive which I, I think a portion of people who are listening to this will be there's also a giant swath of people underneath who are just losing games or winning games and they don't really know why but once they start to understand that really they should only be winning two out of five games with their army because it's really poor at the minute, let's say. Or hey, if they, they got can... if they got three out of out of out of five, that it's a you know outstanding thing that hadn't happened yet. <laughs> you know, if it's yeah, a really exactly. bad faction. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Those are sometimes often my favorite things to look at in the stats is the outside picks. Also, uh, quite often, you know, when we look at like match win percentage as a faction as a whole, one of the things that always stood out to me is is uh, uh, and the role of the analyst, which I'd really like to touch on later, is being able to explain to people that yes, the the army as a whole has got let's say a, a win rate of roughly fifty percent, but it really is like, but like this one particular build rides really high. And it's got a much higher win set, but like generally is kind of brought down by all the the narrative gamers. Let's look at orcs as an example. You know, uh, there's a lot of people who just love orcs. They're just great. So they just want to run them. Uh, and so when you look at the, the stats, generally maybe the field is lower than the top competitive build, which at a certain point might have been a real issue in the meta. So the, the key element there is that the, the stats are really good for making us understand the game state going into it, which is what everything Pete uh, already said. But you also uh, are able to, it, the role of the analyst, which Pete does incredibly well, uh, is to maybe be able to dive into that a lot more and, and explain why some of those stats, even though you see a certain win rate, uh, it might be above or below. And it, you know, and there's more to that story sometimes. Yeah, sometimes yeah. You, you can get meta moving individual players. Um, you can have, you know, that one particularly dominant build. One thing that I've actually really loved as one of the, the things that we've gotten to see is, is you know, the field percentages. So the, the share of, a, a, of, of armies, you know, that given factions have. And, uh, and to see, especially in those super, you know, 
basement dwelling awful factions you know what is their minimum level of support you know what i mean like who are the guys that are going to play space wolves no matter what you know who's going to bring gray knights no matter what and just to see how many you know how much passion is represented in that faction and then when something like you know gray knights gets that massive book you know how many people have gray knights on the shelf ready to come out that's been fun to watch for me just from a sort of like big picture perspective because that's where i like to live um I was going to ask as a follow-up to this, out there you often will see, well, not often, but a lot of the times I will see really annoying comments from, you know, couch, you know, couch potato statisticians, people who don't know the grind that goes into uh, verifying and creating all of this stats and information. It's a manual process right now that uh, Peter and LLV would would both be doing on a weekly basis is a massive amount of information to go through and process and personally check and verify. Um, and some people will say, you know, that the sample size isn't big enough or that, you know, that, that data set is nice, but that's still anecdotal. Uh, what do you guys see as the limitations of the sort of, uh, you know, quantifiable tournament data that we're able to, you know, produce right now? Well, I mean, obviously current limitation is no events uh, <laughs> but we'll, we'll imagine a perfect world where everything was uh or is as was yeah. and uh i think realistically the issue is is pete uh, does this and you guys if you're listening should support him on patreon or the stat center on patreon uh, or whatever way you can support effectively but also the same for llv they do this um like you said the manual crunching i think uh, support needs to come from like a like an infrastructure perspective. I, I feel that tournaments for a long time haven't given us um, uh, tournament apps or tournament kind of like software hasn't given us the right kind of tools to help us deliver some of this key information uh, later on down the line. And I think that we could really uh, explore that in a, a really dynamic way, because I think actually once you st once like once Pete had done the stats and once LLV had done the stats, it, it really informed the conversation that everyone was having in the world. And I would like to see that. I would like to see that not only uh, increase, but I would like to see that really like um, specialize uh, effectively as as we think it through. The limitations are obviously manpower. But I think you know you saw good things like uh, the ITC Battles app, which uh, able was able you were able to. I don't think that necessarily kicked out any data. Sorry, my Australian brothers, data. Um, loved listening to Adam Camilleri or Josh Stiffy talk about data. We got to get the data in. Um, <laughs> uh, just got to get all the data. Uh, so I I I feel like the limitation right now is that we haven't developed the technology properly to kick out the information. But I think the key element there is that we haven't really defined what information we want to see. And mm. uh, maybe we could talk about that on the show. I'd be very excited to talk about some of that. Oh, we'll get there. Yeah, I agree. I think that there came a point early on, uh, um, it was pretty consistent, you know, hey, we don't have enough data. This isn't really worth anything. And then once I got, I don't know, 50 or 60 tournaments in and people would say that, and then I would say, okay, well, I don't know how to get more because we're at, 40 or 50,000 games recorded that generally stopped once you got to a point where you could look at the numbers and say okay well now there's a lot um particularly when we hit that real big peak about a year ago where we mm -hmm. were seeing six to eight gts and majors a week mm -hmm. um and i was working 24 to, to 30 hours um a week collecting that data to make sure it was all accurate and get my website updated um at that point 
it was those arguments were almost non-existent. The only people that made those arguments were people that didn't know the stats existed, right? right. Um, once and, and uh, that was really good to see for me. That was actually like uh, like a a proud daddy moment for me was getting to that point where the stats were were consistently being used. Mm-hmm. Um, see people quoting them, maybe not quoting them accurately, but that's what happens with stats. People will always you know turn them to their advantage. Um, which is just another thing where you have to get into the analysis and be able to explain it a little better. Um, and I mean, that goes for me too. There are definitely times where somebody would say, well, this is what's happening with, with the, this faction. I'd be like, no, no, you're talking bo- like poppycock. And then I'd stop and actually look and be like, no, the guy's right. I'm the one who's like super biased straight now. So I need to take a step back. Um, but that's good. That's what. That's why I wanted to do that was to to help alleviate those biases, even in myself. And that proud dad moment, um, I, I can definitely, you know, obviously I'm I'm more like a proud uncle, uh, but you know, definitely happy to see you know that getting into the zeitgeist because like especially on things like you know Comp Forty K or Reddit or wherever it is, when you get that well actually guy and he pushes his glasses up on his nose and you know quotes actual results that have been crunched by, you know, people who run, well, Peter, who runs 40kstats.com. That was really awesome. And I think that really did change the style of conversation around, you know, 40K, which it went from a lot like this, you know, I would describe this format as, you know, the circle jerk format of podcasting, you know, be a lot of guys just sort of reading the shadows on the wall, trying to figure out the, uh, the, the, what someone intended or meant by a list, you know, Really, everything truly was anecdotal. So being able to quantify it, even if maybe, you know, the data set's incomplete because of how fast meta shift and rules are coming out all the time. And anyway, uh, there's lots of ways to criticize it. I think that was just just really amazing because it just changed the way we could talk about 40K. And I assume the same is true in AOS. Yeah, but I, I, I now I already know the answer to this, uh, of course, because actually me and Pete have had this conversation before. But one of the things that happened uh, in the Eight Sigma community initially when we put them out, because it never happened before really in the the fantasy world, uh, was a lot of pushback. There was a lot of pushback, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I know Pete's talking about that as well. And it's what, quite, what kind quite of pushback? Surprising to me. What kind of pushback? Um, uh, pushback, pushback, just like, well, this isn't true. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as simple as that. That was good. That was those were good. Yeah, um, like this isn't this doesn't give a fair representation. This doesn't make sense. Um, I think uh, also problematically is uh, you sometimes get people who have some sort of investment in trying to muddy the waters on the facts that the stats are trying to represent. As an example, obviously, 40K was when the Marines were so effective, like, uh, you know, the Games Workshop would have won people to know that they were that strong you know it was plain but maybe in the past three or four years ago when the stats weren't as prevalent or they you know it, when you proved like look this is an issue we had this, a similar issue in age sigma with sanesh demons mm-hmm. um, uh, about for, they were like a six month 70 percent win rate it was just horrific you know and we were pointing it out and i just flat out said on the show i was like oh, we should just ban sanesh at tournaments this is just it's just not fun for people to engage with it's not interesting and there was a whole hub of blue i got called a terrorist it was really fun nice and uh, yeah exactly but we would like two or three years into that at that stage so it wasn't an issue but <laughs> there was uh there was it was a it was a it was a fascinating time but now they're f- much more generally accepted and really people are really excited to hear about them which is really fun for me really excited at this stage but yeah a lot of pushback initially yeah yeah it, it was the same a lot of people um a lot of um 
it it started with you know well there's just not enough and then it was well this just isn't true you need more data or well it's only true because of this and if you could if you could track x uh, piece of data then you'd realize you're wrong um and then it would just it kind of progressed like i said to a point where it was like well there's just too much um and i mean like it was like some of the best conversations i had were early on because you'd get like actual statisticians people with degrees in this that would message me and they'd be like well have you tried doing this and and we'd have these like really in-depth conversations that i super enjoyed they would put out data on reddit that kind of backed up what i was saying but in in just like the most extreme way um <laughs> and and i loved that i and i i really appreciated the conversations i'd had with people like nell byler um and oh, oh, like there's so many i could just go on uh, just because you know they helped flesh this out even more for me um, that what, that this was something that people wanted and needed, and um, and then now we've gotten to this point where I'm I'm kind of depressed about it because we don't have the events, mm-hmm. so we're in a we're kind of in an early stage of ninth. COVID's happened. People want to know what's good, what's yeah. working, what's not, um, and we don't have the events to really show it right. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only events we have are very small. They're generally RTTs. We've had three GT, like official GTs since ninth launched, which is so small compared to what we would have had if this wasn't happening. And um, yeah, it really sucks because I want to provide that data. I want to say like, hey guys, look, here's what's here's what seems to be working early on. I would love to have more than you know two events logged on to 40kstats.com, which is where I'm at now. Um, and just so that we could really see a full fleshed out vision, um, so that we know where the where like where the meta needs to go. What yeah. they, what are, what are people actually afraid of that they need to be afraid of, and what are what's bad that should should be looked at? Because we got a bunch of codexes that are coming. We got FAQs that are or are not going to happen. And right now we can really only use like that anecdotal evidence that yeah. I hated to begin with. Yeah, we're we're right back to if two mimes play forty k in a forest and no one's there to record it. Is there a meta? And we can we can we can debate that uh, all we want, um, but let's 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 just think here because I'm not sure if you're aware, but Vladimir Putin has announced that there is a vaccine for COVID nineteen, so everyone can breathe a sigh of relief. Okay. Uh, um, <laughs> it's just mercury. That's uh, they're just gonna inject <laughs> mercury and and bullets just... and hard work and vodka. Uh, oh yes, hard work, hard work. Uh, really, what we have right now, as far as things, when we're talking about stats. And I was kind of alluding to this earlier. It's pretty basic stuff. So we know the players. We know uh, whether they won or lost, what they scored, what faction they had. Pete will only record, you know, those results if you can actually read the army list so he can verify what was, you know, being used. That's pretty much it. The rest is kind of in the dark. And um, I guess where I'm going from that is have we gotten really every, have, 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 have we gotten everything we can wring out of the sort of low-hanging fruit that we've got right now. Okay, well, so, like, uh, I mean, from the way the information comes in, I think it might be Pete's point not, not to to jump on him, but I think that from the way that we get information in, already, already, like, probably most of the information we can get is, is available, like, and, and, um, uh, and, and Pete puts out as much as can be done. But I think that we should be really, really working. Let's imagine COVID's not happening at the minute. Mm-hmm. We should be really working on generating more data. Like, and, and I'm really obsessed with this because obviously uh, this informed this this um, 
this drive from me comes from uh, a different perspective from where we're talking about with uh, the stats as we currently have them in both game systems. Uh, what I want is I want data points for story because I want data mm-hmm. points for story for coverage. I like I, I also want to know, I also think there's some deep down drive uh, to know some of the more minutiae of tactics. Like I want to know how many people win the roll off of the first turn and are giving the turn away. I want to know what percentage that is. Hmm. Like just flat out, I just want to know what that is. And that's pretty easy data to track. But like I think that there is so much information that we could we could wring out of um, players and games so that we could tell far more fascinating and detailed stories about matchups right. that I would love to talk about. Uh, but I think uh, probably based on what we currently have, Pete would better be better place to actually say. Yeah, no, I agree. This is, yeah. So what you, what I would have said yes, but for the exact reason you just said, no, um, I think that we, there is so much more that we could know, but we don't track it. Um, in terms of what we do have, I could, and other people could, break things down further. You could always go to, like, the infinitesimal level. Because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I've done, like, quartile reports for factions for people um, because it, it was kind of, like, a nice-to-know. Um, and it does give you an idea of just how, like, well perf- uh, certain things happen. Um, you can do, like, cross-comparisons of data from date to date and have it all easily, like, accessible. Um, like, there's a lot you can that you could still do it's is there juice to that squeeze am i putting out mm-hmm. enough am i getting enough out of the extra effort right like a lot of people love unit results they want to know how good is x unit performing in a faction and that is really good i do it for every lvo people love it they just get like so into it but it is it is so much extra work because we don't have anything that's that's um, automatically checking lists right now. Right. Right. So there's nothing that can just spit that data out for me. BCP kind of can, um, but they have to put extra work into it. And not to mention the fact that um, that that that's completely dependent on people, everyone building lists the exact same way yeah. using a universal list builder so that they can do that. Um, so actually, that that's an interesting um little segue there in which is how do we advance you know data collection and and make it so that because because running stat centers running stat center it's been fascinating to me when we run into tournaments that are annoyed that the world wants to know about it um you know it's, yeah I, I and I, I get it and i don't like i know like locally uh to where i live there's a, a place called kingston ontario they have a gaming store there and they have lived on an island my whole life in 40k they've never come off of their island they're their own thing unto themselves but you know they've never run an itc tournament and so you know when i when i found when we started getting you know situations where it was difficult to convince a to that you know it's worthwhile to upload your army lists or to have them in a place where they can be verified by people outside that you know having stuff that we could actually check or even just exposing results or, you know, sharing the spreadsheet if they're not using something like BCP. Um, you know, what is it, if, if, I, if I'm a TO and I'm, you know, feeling like for whatever reason, this is really putting putting it on, what is the value to me in having, you know, better data collection at the event level? I think from, like, from an event level, it's going to be your game balance going forward. It's the concept that people will be able to see the, the numbers 
um, and say, you know, hey, this faction isn't doing so well, or hey, this faction's doing overly well, um, be able to push that to people that, you know, can actually do something about it. And we see actual change um, on top of, like, that's the big, that's the big one. Um, if you're looking for personal, I mean, it's, your players want to be able to, like most people want to be able to to have like a way to look at how they have performed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so being able to be like, hey, I went to the the guacamole bowl on uh, on Thursday and it looks like 40kstats.com's got the it got all the results up. I can now look and see how everybody performed at that. And that's something that'll carry over for however long, right? Like I I archive all the data and spreadsheets. People can go and download them uh, later on. You can filter however you like. So you can see this stuff uh, on and on forever. So you'll know forever just how poorly Val did at the Northwest <laughs> Open uh, in 2017. Sure can. Right? Like that's something that's that's out there forever and uh but like that's all statistics that that people are super interested in uh just for, even for themselves so being able to have that out there is great um i mean for me it's always going to go back to that first statement of you know i it, this helps the collective whole but whether people are interested in that's a whole other story so mm-hmm. um for for their individual players where they you know their quote unquote customers it's that ability to to look back at how they have performed, how their their friends and coworkers, et cetera, have performed, um, and and compare that to the rest of the world. Yeah, yeah, and they could also use that to encourage players as well. Like like I've said, the the people who go three and two with a list that should only ever go like you know uh, two and three or even one and four. Like you know, look, you're you're performing way above the average. That's excellent. Like people can track their own personal information, and then they can compare that to the pros. Uh, for lack of a better term, uh, and you could just be like, okay, well, I'm playing my orcs. It's very similar to that guy, and he plays his orcs. But he goes four and one, and I, I go two and three. Like, like what decisions, like, or, or like, like what composition of lists is he changing? You know, how is like I, I could start to understand some elements of how I'm doing versus other people, and I think people always want that level of ownership because we we're playing games, but ultimately. Um, you know, when you go into a tournament, you're playing a competitive game. And at that point, you, you really, if you're if you're in any way competitively minded, you're asking yourself, how can I skill up? How can I get better? How can I do better? And a TO can provide that information to people to throw that into the global mix. And they can they can be part of that ongoing story. So I think, yeah, the, the greater good is obviously uh, the, the real selling point there for TOs. Yeah. yeah. And it starts conversation. It's and. I've never met a person who played 40k that didn't want to talk about 40k. <laughs> so if you have a tournament and your top four players get posted somewhere where people can actually see them in it, uh, and then ad nauseum, however they want, people will then go to them and be like, hey, I see you won with X faction or you went four and one with X faction. How did you do it? Um, and that starts a conversation that literally every, even the most curmudgeonly 40k player I've ever met, um, they will want to have that conversation. They want to tell you why they took a rhino when no one else is taking a rhinos because that's like their thing. It's their little bit of 15, it's their 15 seconds and they, they eat it up. Um, yeah. yeah, there's all sorts of benefits to so, being able to, to track this data. So mm-hmm. with this episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends you new cartridges, so you never have to think about ink. 
Save up to 50%. You'll pay less than $5 a month for ink and never run out again. Find out if your printer is eligible and enroll today at hpinstantink.com. Conditions apply. For details, visit hp.com slash instantink Spotify. With regards to where we go from here, I think something that has come up is just the manual nature of, of what we're doing right now. And I think the only way that we're going to get that next level of granularity, say, you know, at least getting down to, you know, the mission level, you know, um, you know, what secondaries were taken, how many points were mm-hmm. scored on an individual basis, that kind of a thing is going to require technology. We've seen BCP taking some, some steps into the ITC battles app type realm of, yep. of being able to track games. Um, they say that they're going to be rolling that out into their, their app. Um, interestingly on the 40 K, the much maligned, um, games workshop app. Um, I was surprised to, when I learned that, you know, uh, tracking, um, game results was not initially in scope for the app. Maybe it's something they add down the road, but it's not something that we're going to necessarily see from the games workshop app. We might see a list builder that is dependable at some point in the future, but we're not going to see anything that, you know, you're going to be able to run a tournament on or track a game with in that app. So it's going to be third parties for the, for the, mm-hmm. for the foreseeable future. Um, what, what do you want to see from that? What would you, what would be sort of your hope for, for a BCP in, in maybe uh, making it so that more data is inputted at the tournament level? I would like to see, like, I mean, there's so much that I would like to see, but I mean, the very first, so I, I broke down some, some stuff, if you guys are interested, um, uh, for like categories. So like, I'm not uh, interested. <laughs> Shut up. No, go, go. So I like, I want to see, I want to see player stats. I want to see army stats. I want to see in-game stats. And then if you're talking team tournaments like WTC, I'd obviously like to see something like team structure um, and also like team stats as well, which is is a different like data set. Mm-hmm. Um, because like my, my entire conversation for this is obviously informed from doing it from a coverage perspective. So what I actually want to do or, or what I like, why I'm so obsessed with this at the moment uh, as one of the shows that I did last week talking specifically about Age of Sigmar came off um, uh, with the launch of us doing the Super Series for the T-Sports Network. We, um, one of my like jobs last week was to sit down and, and really just kind of like um, uh, schedule what we were going to show. So, like, at what point are we going to bring stats in uh, while the games are happening? So this is live coverage Warhammer. Sorry, I wasn't clear about that. And so I started just, like I always do, just started adding extra stuff that I wanted to see. And I was like, okay, well, I want to see each army in uh, minutia. I want to know how many wounds each army's got. I want to track the army with the most wounds. I want to track the army with the best wound density. So that sort of stuff. So I started getting a bit obsessed. I was like, what is, like, if I have infinite money and infinite time, what's the best version of stats that I could grab from the tabletop before the tabletop and after and that you know there's lots that we track like obviously pete does such an amazing job uh, of tracking the army stats and you guys on the show obviously track player stats really well as well like i loved loved what you guys did with the lvo information for hmm. example about your top 100 players is that right yep yep do you want the top refer- 100 itc players yeah yeah do you want to just remind everyone what that was oh the the their like win rate was which was oh 80 
82% or something like that this year. The previous year it was 79 um, against the rest of the field. Uh, um, it's a statistic that uh, Steve Pamprin came to me asking about um, for the 2019 LVO. And so I decided to just consistently push that out um, because it kind of shows the, the, like the, the differential between playing at like at, at a high level compared to a low level um, of play, like these top 100 players, you know, they, they have a distinct advantage no matter what they're playing, because um, even if you look at their, their faction breakdown, which I also did, you'll see like they, they run the gamut. Sure. The, the majority of them, like sure. The majority of them are going to play what is probably the best at the time. Um, but you know, there's just as many like orc players that may not have been performing as well. Um, uh, Space Wolf, there's always like that one guy running Space Wolf and he's the top 100 ITC and still together they have this like ridiculous win rate um, across the board against anybody that isn't within that top 100. Yeah, so, yeah, so like, I think... I'd be fascinated to see those to see those player stats like, you know, displayed on screen. That's stuff I need to know, or I would like to know. Uh, and I think that they're really interesting stats that we don't necessarily cover all the time, maybe. I think if there's one um, great validation. And it, this has become less and less a, a requirement, especially throughout 8th edition, and I'm sure in 9th as well, of this being a skill-based game that is worth playing. Um, and I think, you know, when you can see when you can see sort of the disparity in, in skill level laid out like that through, play, in, you know, individual player data, um, data, uh, then, you know... <laughs> It becomes, you know, the, the sort of salty casual who says that all they do is cheese. There's really, they don't really have a leg to stand on that, you know, you have an argument for. No, this is a skillful game that you can work hard at and get very good at. Um, so that's another really wonderful effect, I think, of having these kind of granular stats. But uh, I want to bring this right back to where I was going with that. So, like, you know, BCP guys, Garrett, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, Adam and Diff and, and Paul and shit, one more. But anyway... Um, <laughs> they listened to the show, um, and I think they 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 were really proud on our on our chat center to sort of talk about uh, their ability to uh, to sort of generate more player based stats. They brought mm -hmm. that in. I th if, if you guys, if people out there don't know, if you have a, you can log in actually to the BCP website and get a lot of interesting player uh, level stats out of that, like their win percentages, etc. Um, as long as you know it was in a uh, you know a, a BCP or DUP entered. A tournament um but what would you like to see like so what would you know from their end from the technological side of things what should we focus on capturing what would be the biggest bangs for the buck so i've already talked to diffie a little bit about this and he has you know they have created a kind of beta version that people can use for their casual games at home um they haven't been able to implement anything that um is like tournament connected so we can get like this the statistics published out um, which is the next step. Um, but things that I really want as a first step over what we already have is stuff that kind of Rob already mentioned. Um, who won attacker and defender? Who went first? Who went second? Did they choose to go first or second? What secondaries did they select? Um, what is the average points per for those secondaries in a game? Um, which secondaries are getting picked more than others? And in what mission? Um, because we should be able to see all that. I, I track, uh, I'm tracking what missions are being played per round so that we can see kind of win rates uh, uh, by mission just to see if there's any kind of disparity between different factions um, in the in the missions. And you have and seen I, that. You saw that in the we have. mission pack, yeah. And, 
in the ITC mission pack near the end, I uh, I gave Reese a bit of a heart attack by showing him just how well you know Raven Guard did in certain missions in White Scars compared to other factions. Um, and White Scars actually had a relatively poor win rate um, overall, except there was like one mission where they absolutely wrecked everybody. They had like an eighty percent win rate. Um, but that's all stats that I uh, that I want to see. Um, and and you can go even deeper. The the ability to like do that unit breakdown and say you know he, like the you know X percentage of lists run X amount of points in X unit. That would be something that I would love to see um, as well, because then you can actually see what people are playing consistently and what's performing well. Um, there's so much that that I want that I want. The the go first is, is the biggest one. Go first and attacker defender because that is Huge. one that that we're seeing all over the place as like a this is why the missions aren't good. And we we've seen it forever, right? Like we seem to make it we we've made it a lot of people make it seem like ninth edition is the first time we've ever heard this. Mm-hmm. Um but like every edition this happens. It, the edition comes out and like eighty percent of people uh, are it's if you go first you win the game. Always. That's just what it is unless the other person gets lucky. Um, is that true? And we never know. We've never tracked that. Um, down under pairings did um, for a while on there, but I mean, they were such a small percentage of the tournaments that that you couldn't really use it as concrete information. Yeah. Um, they managed to get a decent amount of games in, but also, you know, ninety x percent of them were out of Australia and New Zealand. So it was also a the question that people would come up with was, is this just an Australian meta thing? Um, so there's like lots of stuff that I want to see worldwide. And if we can, if BCP, which I'm super excited about, um, can get that out there and make it like the thing to use, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that, you know, 90 X percent of tournaments use it. Well, then we're, we're gold. Then we can see all this stuff. We can spit all this data out and we can make a, a like more accurate predictions about games. We can, um, you know, send this data to people that actually have a say in things to get things fixed if they need to even need to be fixed. Like, there's so much we can do with that kind of data. Yep. Yeah. It, it'd be fascinating. Like, when strats are used, like, well, obviously, like, uh, like, obviously, like, which secondaries are chosen and when they're completed by, like, in timing, like, on turns. But I think when strats are used it is, is a big one. You know, like you know, I I, I re, I'm really into the tempo of armies. Uh, one of the things doing coverage a lot is you really start to understand that armies have like a tempo, and some some are really front loaded and heavy early, and some like really scale and work better later. And I think that like understanding where they're used or how consistently they're put out, especially in 40k, especially when uh, and and some of the things Pete just talked about is taking the first turn, giving the first turn away. I'd like to see that. I'd like to see that percentage across the field and then I'd like to see it in that 100 players. And I'd like to yeah. see what the percentage difference is. I would like that's yeah. why I want the, I want all of these different things to kind of like to chop and change. Like I, I agree with what Pete said earlier that like it's a lot of extra work but is that re- uh, data relevant? But I think sometimes it's just like slotting them into fields and saying I want to know this but I want to know this between these two groups and then I want to know this and I want to know this between these groups of armies. And I think that that when you start to do that you can really tell some interesting stories which is uh, which is uh, effectively the game is a story. Uh, the world is a story. Competitive play is a story, really. There's just story points all over. And that's the thing that I'm so interested in. And I think, yeah, big shout out to BCP and DUP specifically. Me and Diffie have had a lot of chats about this before. He's really, really obsessed with this because he, um, I, I don't know if you guys have ever tracked like Australian football, but <laughs> those guys are 
stats mad. Like it's mm-hmm. it's it's positive. Well, it's just like American baseball. Like the amount of stuff they put out. Right. The like uh, this guy has X slugging percentage on every Tuesday um, as long as it's raining. Like they can just pull that data. They can say, you know, this is the first time a homer has been hit on a Sunday at five o'clock. They just have that somewhere. Um, What's so I mean, sorry. So so what's interesting to me and just how this is all all coming together is is like to me, there's sort of a couple phases to how, you know, the way we generate data about the game will go. And I think the next one is having a more robust um, sort of tournament tracking and de- de- like data entry options in our tournament app. And I think if BC- if I could get BCP to believe in this or I- the ITC to believe in this, just have some minimum standards for, for what you need to do mm-hmm. to run a grand tournament or a major, I think would go such a far distance. For example, if there is an option to track your, your scenarios and mission scoring in the app, you know, if you're running a GT, you have to use that. You know, you have to upload your list in a, in a certain fashion. Like having these kind of structured um, things, forcing, you know, uh, conformity to, you know, how we input stuff will be such a boon to the game overall. And yeah, we'll hopefully be able to be fed back to somebody um, and will give us that sort of that next, you know, I'd say stats 2.0 uh, when we get to that yep. real game level. Stuff, Some of the stuff that like I think Rob's talking about, which, um, you know, you know, talking about being able to quantify tempo and comparing it. We were talking about this, I think, earlier this morning, um, which is a lot of that has to do with the fact that, you know, now there's GPS trackers on players. You know, they can tell exactly how far they've moved in space. They've got LIDAR, you know, uh, around the field so they can see where the ball is in space, how far the ball is moving, how fast the ball is moving, all these things. Um, And so they're using some pretty serious technology to generate that information um, not necessarily automatically, but in, in a very scalable way, which by the way, was something like, um, you know, uh, Minotaur gaming's, um, you know, uh, VR uh, or AR. AR app, which has, you know, is being enabled with base recognition. You're going to be able to start seeing how far a unit goes, you know, like you're going to be able to generate that kind of stuff theoretically anyway. And that might be, you know, stats 3.0. And I think all of this leads into more things you can talk about, more things you can analyze, more stuff you can put on a screen, and more fundamentally consumable competitive 40K becomes as sort of a, an entertainment, which Mr. Symes, I think, is, is my attempt to segue over to what you're doing with the concept of T-Sports. You know, you're, you're the nascent Dana White of, of, of Warhammer. You're building, you're building a, uh, you know, a, a, an arena right now uh to uh to broadcast um team events maybe future singles events too um you know how much has the ability to to capture you know the the games at such a a more minute level factored into the vision you have for being able to make you know tabletop games more presentable and engaging uh huge it's huge. One of the one of the really interesting elements of doing the live coverage uh, as it's progressed over the past two years, not including obviously the two years I spent also doing it for Games Workshop, but for the two years I spent for myself, it's really been a learn by doing process um, and understanding not only what makes better coverage, but what is fascinating about what this amazing thing is that we all do. And having traveled, I did like 18 events last year, like all around the world. Um, and uh, and I had loads of events lined up this year as well. The the interesting 
bit for me is that when you start commentating on games, there's all of the fascinating stuff that happens on the tabletop. There's all the fascinating stuff that's happening around with the players and then the overall meta. So as a backdrop for stats, for example, like when I was over at Capital City Bloodbath and I was doing coverage with you two, we were able to rely on Pete's stats to be able to like talk about the game against the backdrop of the rest of the uh, event because obviously you were going around and talking about that, but also the rest of the world and, and where it was situated in in stats there. And as that's as that has progressed, I have like we've we started to work on this concept of information rich environment, uh, which is just some stupid term that I came up with. But effectively, it's not quite as like, good you know, as T Whip, but you know it's pretty good. Yeah. So. Uh, the, the idea is like, so we were at an event earlier just in January, just before COVID, and we sent out questionnaires to all the players. So we had a whole bunch more information that came from players. So we did the legwork on that ourselves to generate all of this information. Uh, we obviously all had the stats as a background as well. And we, we, we always have the live infield reporter going and grabbing information. But in the future, in the future, what I want is I want all of the information, like all <laughs> of it. Like I want to, I, I want to know how many charges were attempted by that player and how many were successful and how many were not. Like I want the whole bunch of data. Like, and I want to be able to go back and look at games because with the the uh, T Sports Arena, uh, I guess that's what we're calling it. Um, with those games that we've got lined up and those tournaments that we're going to sell, which are team events, but we, we were trying to do singles as well. What I really, really want to do is be able to go back into the post match and break it down. Like I want to, I want to understand the games as we saw it, as we called it. When you're doing the commentary, it's just exciting story. It's just like, you know, is is the is the tower commander going to fly over? Is he going to take that out? Uh, apparently, in the one game we watched, no, for five turns, it was terrible. Um, but like, <laughs> <laughs> like, but once we have that, and when we see that, maybe that list play multiple times, that's one of the other problems that. Well, that's one of the things we're going to do in our tournament structure anyway. Is that uh, the same people, not the same people, will play, but the same list will play on stream at least three times, and so you'll be able to like understand how that list plays in in loads of different uh, factors, a bit like watching a battle report, but you just see, keep seeing the same list play over and over and you really start to understand how maybe that list works. So there's, there's so much information that we still don't pull out. And that's because repping 40 K or age Sigma is hard, right? It's like two and a half hours, maybe yeah. like, and you got to rep it again and rep it again. That's, that's a lot to pull, but if we can capture all the data, quantify it, make it a little bit smaller and packageable and then explain it to people, then like it's more digestible. You don't have to watch nine hours. I've condensed nine hours into an hour show, let's say, and you can you can understand some stuff. So it's, a, it's really important to me, but the management and logistics of it is probably impossible, <laughs> I think. <laughs> well, you know, I think at our, in our current state, I think there you could. In our yes. current state, we can't. Once we can automate it, and you brought up something there about team events that I didn't talk about, and that is how woefully un, unprepared we have been to categorize and catalog team event statistics. We don't know anything. All we know is like who got a 20-0. Mm -hmm. We don't know who was picked as attacker, who was picked as defender. We don't know um, like anything, anything. And um, that is it is so much different to to categorize and provide statistics for a team event over a singles event and i'm i'm actually very excited about your super series because it might be our first chance to try to do that um to be able to 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 get this data and and have talking points for future events um 
a big bummer for me this year was that I was planning on going to WTC. I know, Rob, you had invited me to um, help commentate. But even if I, I wasn't going to do that, my plan was to fly out and just track stuff because no one does that. I would have just walked around and like badgered people for information and hoped I, I didn't get beat up um, just so that I, we could we could have something for once um, about a team event because things are so different because uh, somebody getting, you know, five twenty O's and a, and an 18 two sounds impressive, but maybe every other team just fed them like their, their, their baby seal. Yeah. Uh, because they couldn't guarantee points off that person, right? So yeah. it's not to say they're a bad person, but did they deserve all those 20 O's? And like that's all stuff that I want to be able to talk to, and yeah. we just don't. Yeah, and yeah. That's... I also want to. I want to. Sorry, I just want to see the defenders and attackers so much. I think that's so fascinating. I want to watch that again and again and again, and like really understand. Like you know. I I can't wait for that. I, I I really can't. I think that that would be fast. I could talk for that. I could talk on that for hours. I don't even need to see the game afterwards. I could just do that. Uh, it, yeah, <laughs> it would be so fun. 40k. I mean, a lot of top players, and I think a lot of people who've participated in team tournaments will often say the best the best format, most engaging format for 40k is the team format. And if we could get the information that is part of the meta game of uh, you know matching up to 40k teams. Um, you're gonna there's like just so much drama and intrigue immediately there because you're gonna have yeah. the the underdog matchups you're gonna have the you know strength versus strength you know you're gonna have the guy who's grinding to get you know the five points you know whatever it might be you know there's just a lot of interest there and you also baked into that matchup you have and and rob you're gonna be doing this in real time you know you have the five games to to sort of switch back and forth from so you can always have action flowing and all that kind of stuff but I think a lot of it comes from the data. I think what's cool about the arena is that you've got a fishbowl. You're going to be able to, you know, create a format, create, you know, you're going to be able to capture what you want amongst those games. And, you know, perhaps we'll see, you know, uh, you know, you, you'll become the UFC of uh, like 40K matchups. We'll see. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. I hope it's more WWE, but like <laughs> UFC will be fine. Uh, I just want a Randy Savage outfit. That's what I want. I don't, I don't know Why if not a bad both? guy now. I, <laughs> yeah, why not both? <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I think that's most of the ground I was hoping to cover. Um, do you guys have anything else, you know, sort of on this topic that maybe we didn't touch on that you'd love to to chime in with before we sign it off? Yeah, I'd like to just bring up the role of the analyst, which I think is an important point, mm -hmm. uh, which we didn't which we didn't touch on because having all that data out there is obviously great, but having more people help analyze that data uh, and understand it from a perspective like it, a lot of this comes from I spend a lot of time a lot a lot of time watching either sports or um, esports sort of like uh, show production stuff super boring. Like not even the fun <laughs> stuff, the, the behind the scenes stuff. Um, and that, you know, it, it's really interesting. Like I was watching earlier, you brought up NBA. I was looking at like, how much does that data analytics actually help the team improve? Well, they like had a 5% increase in their like um, uh, their general output uh, in 2018. And they ended up like taking that out. And it was like, they put it all down to analytics. And then yeah. like golf, which I'm like, what can you even analyze in golf? Just like the ball, man. Yeah, apparently lots. But like... Uh, <laughs> The guy in 2016, he won the golf masters. He was like, it was all down to the analytics. So one of the things that I read was um, in baseball, uh, you brought this up earlier. There were like two guys. There was a guy who completely 
was like, I'm not into analytics. I don't want to be a part of it. His team did terribly. Then there was another guy who went super into it and his team did terribly. And then it was the guys who kind of like uh, half and half it in the middle, like a bit of intuition, a bit of stats. Mm. And uh, I think that people like Pete and other people that want to get involved in being able to like process this information, but more, more importantly, dilute it into like uh, translatable information. Yeah are really valuable and anyone who's out there should get in touch with people like you can get in touch with me and get in touch with pete i'm sure like being able don't to like, have me. those uh, don't, don't talk to pete then <laughs> but but being able to um like have those show production meetings or those uh those kind of like hour-long zoom calls where you all just kind of bang heads on some of that information that's what i always found really useful when i talked to llv um, because he was just like pure numbers and i, I we were just kind of i would uh, my my job was to guess why that was pretty much my job. I was like, this is probably why these are how farmies work. Yeah. But there's, there was loads of other people that pitched in with that. And I always found that really, really valuable. So I, 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 it's more of a call to people. If, you, if it's something that's interested, interests you, I think you should get involved in it. Yeah. And you might be the analyst that we need uh, because being able to understand that information is really, really hard. And I think Pete does a phenomenal job. I'd just like to say that. Absolutely. Um, You've said it like four times, and it's made me feel worse every time. So Perfect. We'll keep um, it up. Pete's been doing just an outstanding <laughs> job. And I oh, think there's there's, there's um, uh, a comparison that I think, you know, especially when Reese was arguing for some really hilarious basic standards. I think it was like when the when the you know code of conduct was being floated as an idea, maybe chess clocks, you know, just some really basic sort of table stakes stuff, I think, for a fair tournament was being flooded he would compare you know amateur you know races you know like when when you're like when you when you go and you do a 10k or or a half marathon or a marathon or whatever it's a bunch of people who may or may not have trained enough for it you know some no the vast 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 majority of people are not there to win the thing they're out there to to you know survive it and finish it or maybe put up a personal best and even though that's sort of the level, it's just enthusiasm, there is still a lot of structure around it. There's a lot of information that's collected, and it's taken very seriously. And I think in 40K so far, we have sold ourselves a bit short in the sense that I think there are lots of people out there who would love to, you know, be a referee or, you know, or, or, a, or a judge. I think there's lots of people out there, like every single, you know, softball or soccer league uh, out there has a, a patient parent who's sitting on the sidelines check, like recording balls and strikes or you know goals and assists you know these people exist who just want to want to make whatever they're doing a little more interesting a little more engaging for people and i and i you know there's got to be more out there i think and perhaps this is a call for folks who are interested in participating in this in the sort of the the creation of more of that sort of that global feel that game that's larger than any one tournament I think uh, finding more of those people who are willing to dedicate so much time to it is, uh, I think, A, possible. I know you're out there, and I encourage you to just put your hand up. Or not even, don't even put your hand up. Just go do it um, because uh, it will be appreciated. Yeah. I mean, I just did it. Yep. Nobody asked me. I sent an email to Pablo and said, hey, do you think this would be important? And he said, yeah, but no one would do it. That's all I need. You just have to tell me that it's impossible or that no one is willing to do it. And then it'll probably end up getting done, as many of my bosses in the past have used to, my, to their advantage. Uh, once they figure it out, yeah, be, it is what it is. Be, be careful asking Peter for something because he'll, he'll do it. Um, so to round this all out, 
I thought I thought maybe I would leave on this note, and you guys can discuss it if you like or not. Mike Bask, uh, a certified Warhammer hero operating out of Western Australia in Perth, uh, ran a series of RTTs this past weekend. They were very large, uh, only three rounds. We didn't really get into it, but he did record um, going first, <laughs> and who yep. won? Uh, and it turned yep. out to be 53% of people who went first wound up winning their match. That's, yes. That's pretty interesting. 83% yep. of the games that they played went to five turns. Yep. Over three hours, I believe. Yeah. And it's which not, is fine. It's not a, it's, and it's not a tiny amount of matches either. We're looking at 129 uh, games here, which is pretty cool. Yep. yep. I mean, it's any amount of data is fine. It's just will it play out in the future but it's a start and we didn't have one and that's great yeah that's what yeah. i'll say to them, right like yeah that... i i don't sorry rob to cut you off i'll, I'll let you speak in a second no i don't know if it's say i i don't i don't track rtts for a reason and it's generally because um they can be so skewed by local metas by all sorts of things right because an rtt can just be in some dude's basement if they wanted it to be mm-hmm. um but this is these are like 48 and 32 person events, both of them. So it's not like it's a small number of people. Sure, it's heavily localized, but it's a start. Yeah, I've actually, with COVID, been thinking about just tracking RTTs anyway and filtering them out on the website yeah. just so that we have the data. Um, so you can say, you know, hey, with RTTs, what, is th- what do things look like? Because we just don't have the GT data to, to, to work with. Um, and I think it's fine. I think it's great. I'm glad he did it. I, I kind of parsed through it a little bit and I'm really hoping for more. I want more people to come out so that we can say this is a definitive thing. Yes, it doesn't matter or yes, it does. Um, and maybe now at 83% completing in three hours in a relatively casual you know, RTT, can we bump it down to two and a half hours in a highly competitive super major? And does that give us an, enough time to do other things with our lives so that when BC pre- BCP breaks down at LVO, hey, um, hey, we hey, can hey, still hey. get out at 10 o'clock? Anyway, looks like we've run out of Whoa! time. Oh. <laughs> um, you guys have been great. I hope Sorry, uh, I love you. I hope the audience has uh, has enjoyed our little uh, our little discussion here. Rob, was it worth staying up for? Always talking to you guys. Oh, always. Rob. Yeah. Well, that's nice. I hope the audience the, there's some genuine love here. Rob, one more time. Where can people find what you do? Uh, so if you want to just uh, listen to me be uh, occasionally uh, excited about all the games, you could go to the Honest Wargamer, uh, but that is uh, just for our opinions. If you want to see the professional stuff that we're, we're trying to produce, you can go to the T-Sports Network, uh, which is uh, very exciting. That's where we're going to be doing all our professional coverage. So next year, uh, the World Team Championships for 40K, that'll be the uh, the brand that does all the coverage for that. Um, hopefully, maybe back to Canada at some point for Canhammer Team Championships or CCBB uh, and all around the world and then obviously like val said we're setting up our own arena to do our coverage from uh sometime well it's it's being set up now um i have to go and do some soaring tomorrow but uh so you, you can expect to see a lot of live coverage of competitive uh, gaming coming out of there pretty consistently sometime soon fantastic all right well pete got anything else to say bye-bye 
This has been 40K Stat Center, a presentation of the Frontline Gaming Podcast Network. Like what we do? Subscribe to and rate us on YouTube and wherever podcasts can be found. Join the conversation. Follow 40K Stat Center on Facebook. You can also support the show directly by joining the Chapter Tactics Patreon and competitive 40K in general via the ITC Patreon or by grabbing a subscription to BCP. 